Welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Hey guys, this is Chris Senzak. Uh, Aaron Camaro will be joining me shortly. He will not be with me for the intro and break this week. He's actually pretty sick right now. He's on like three different medications and an inhaler. So uh, get well soon to Aaron and uh, he'll be back soon to join us. Got a really cool show this week. Got volume 30 of the Radio Sucks radio show with a special DBG VIP guy named uh, Henning Milky and he uh, donated a hundred bucks to the Rock and Pod Expo, and part, one of those perks is he gets to guest host the show. And wanted to do a Radio Sucks episode. He's got a lot of interesting picks this week, and I think you guys are going to enjoy that. Uh, we'll get about a little bit of business out of the way first. Uh, Geeks of the week, we're going to forego this week because we got a lot of music to get to, and uh, it just feels better having Aaron here to to help me out with that. So uh, we'll do a little bit of iTunes reviews. I'm actually definitely to do more than one iTunes review. Uh, because we're getting so many now. You guys are awesome. Just go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and uh, we'll read them on the show. And we got two of this. The first one comes from a guy named The First Mike, and it's called The Only Music Podcast You Need. It says, Chris and Aaron are two of the best personalities in the podcast game. Tons of research and even more enthusiasm make this only make this the only music podcast you need in your life. Subscribe and keep it frosty, my friends. Hashtag BYB. And I know that hashtag and I know that guy. That's David Brewington, otherwise known as D-Brew, and he hosts a cool podcast called Blame Your Brother. So yes, if you leave an iTunes review and you host a podcast and you want me to plug your podcast, that's a good way to do it. But I uh, actually listen to that show every week. He, he and his brother and, and their friend John have a, uh, a good uh, chemistry there. And uh, if you want to hear some interesting arguments, especially between brothers in, involving politics, it's, uh, it's an interesting show. It's a lot of fun. Uh, second review of the week, this one's called I've Been Listening for a Couple of Years, comes from Toasty One, and it goes like this. All day long, I walk the streets for money. I deliver the mail all over the east side of Madison, Wisconsin. Another Wisconsin guy. And this podcast is absolutely brilliant. Keeps me entertained all day long. I'm also a huge Kiss fan, so any Kiss-related podcasts are always awesome. Keep up the great work. And that's from Toasty One. Thank you so much, man. I uh, really appreciate that. Keep listening to us in Wisconsin and uh, stay in touch. And simple as that, just leave an iTunes review and, uh, and, and we'll read it on the show. Geeks of the Week, normally I'll read them on the, uh, uh, the shares and retweets on Facebook and Twitter, but this week I just don't, didn't have a chance to really get it together. But you guys did a lot of sharing and retweeting of that and a lot of good positive response from people over the Skype is down episode, which was really an off-the-cuff thing because we had an uh, issue with Skype that prevented us recording an episode with a, a special guest for an album's unleashed and i'm happy to report we actually got that one recorded last weekend and it's really good a lot of really good stories on that one you guys are going to enjoy that but uh yeah off the cuff discussion and if you like that just sign up for the vip because we do that kind of stuff every week including the you know the tournament of cds going head to head and talking about what's going on in the rock news and everything and, and it was fun to do and then we were happy that you guys liked it so if you like that sign up there's different tier levels starting at a dollar three dollars five dollars ten dollars and up and uh yeah you can be a vip and get all that kind of stuff every week and you get be part of the uh, facebook group and if you join even today you'll get access to everything we've posted so far so it's a really good deal and uh, we have a lot of really cool guys in that group and it's been a lot of fun no women yet 
We need a girl in there. We got to come on. It's really turning into a sausage convention in there, but not that we don't appreciate you guys, but uh, we need a little bit of, we need a little bit of femininity in there sometimes. That's a big word like gymnasium. But yeah, anyway, uh, no Geeks of the Week this week. We'll get to that next week. But uh, got a lot of interesting music that Henning picked out and uh, cool stuff from the other side of the world in Germany. So here we are. Here, here comes Aaron and me and Henning Melky. But I'm, I kind of felt a little bit about, you know, just, just there's some cool European bands and, and some, some great lost albums, um, you know, from the, from the early 90s. I mean, I love the Doggy Dog you did on Warren. I think that's, in my humble opinion, that's by far their best record. I think it's such an amazing record. And, um, you know, so I kind of, kind of try to mix it up a little bit, and you know, and maybe have have some conversation and talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, for me as a as a as a kid growing up in Germany, and for you guys, obviously being in the states, it's it's, it's I, I find it extremely interesting that, um, you know, you kind of share the same, you know, passion for the music, although you guys have a totally different exposure to the music and to the bands and and you know in germany especially in the 80s i mean no one was coming here i mean you had the big festivals but that was about it i mean nobody really came on any major tours so you kind of were always reading the liner notes you were kind of digging through the lyrics and then you wouldn't understand 80 percent of it right. you know and just... <laughs> yep, exactly yeah, it's pretty cool how that's world-encompassing. It doesn't matter where in the world you are. There's people that have been going through this just like we have, you know, and it's pretty cool by doing this show that we get to meet all these people, and it's the same story with everyone. Yeah, I did that stuff when I was a kid, too, even though I was halfway across the globe, man. It's awesome. Exactly, and that's why I think the podcast and your podcast is so extremely cool because, I've, I mean, your stuff you talk about, I kind of it's the same experience and the same feelings but it's just you know back in the 80s you didn't have any means or any ways of, of kind of exchanging um you know your passion or talk with anybody in the states you know but now with a podcast and with all this community community coming together it's i think it's great and that's why i love the whole podcast um stuff and that's why i love what you guys are doing because you can really tell it's really really um you know there's a lot of passion a lot of heart and soul in it and and i really i really respect that and there's no podcast coming from from europe or from germany you know there's nobody running picking up or doing a german rock podcast so you know you just have to kind of see where you find your people and i think that's really cool so when are you starting the German rock podcast? Yeah. I, I don't think I'm up to it. You know, I, I, I don't really like to listen to myself talking. Uh, <laughs> but it's, um, 
I, I was thinking about it, but I would I would have to do it in English. You know, I would love to do it in English, but but then you know I don't know. Maybe maybe I will. Maybe this is the beginning of something, of something beautiful or not beautiful. We shall see. Awesome. I like I like the idea of that. Oh, I do too. Yeah, I didn't really think about that, but I guess podcasting is kind of a uniquely American thing for the most part. I mean, it, it's it is yeah. it is yeah. And in Germany, you only have like news you know, political discussions and really lame, you know, like label stuff. And it's kind of really boring. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's made the good stuff comes from the States and some, some from the UK. Um, but that's about it. Yeah, That's about it. Well, um, so a little bit of background on you, cause people are going to be like, well, who is this guy? So you, you've been a listener of our show for a while, but, um, you have a bit of a background in the music industry. Is it is it cool to talk about that? Sure, sure. So what you you basically were uh, you were part of the marketing team for Warner Music. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, when I started off, you know, I basically you know being being a total geek in music and music was always my passion. I was never good enough to become a musician. I sang a while, but you know, I mean, you you got to be honest to yourself. So I kind of kind of switched sides a little bit and, um, you know, got a job at Warner Music in Germany in the marketing department. And, and it, what it basically was is that, you know, you get American artists, English artists from all over the world, really, because Warner is, is, a, is a global company and, and they release the records in, in Germany. And then you have to have somebody who's who's working those records. And most of the times the artists would come to Germany, um, you know, via London or the UK, because that's always the first stop for US bands. And and then, yeah, I kind of hosted them, raced down the Autobahn, you know, because they've, you know, the first thing they wanted to do coming out of the, the airport is like, okay, can we go on the Autobahn and drive 230 kilometers? Of course. I said, I don't know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> if something happens, you know, I'm I'm gonna be fired. You know, if I if we crash and and you guys die, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fucked both ways. Right. Um. So um, but that's that's what they wanted to do, and obviously Hamburg with a red light district and the Beatles. Um. You know, you always had to do that. So. You know, you you went to the red light district and waiting outside for three hours and yeah, you know, usual stuff. Who, who are and, some of the coolest <laughs> bands you got to do this with? Um, wow, I did it with Matchbox Twenty. Uh, I did it with um, oh, so many artists. Um, I did it with Third Eye Blind. Um, I did it. Um, to a certain extent, collective soul. It was like the '80s. I mean, I started '95, so that was like the the tail end um, off of the, you know, the well, no, grunge was in full swing, but it was always this this you know, hoodoo in the blowfish, which I didn't work on, and and but yeah, mostly rock rock bands, you know, and um, it was great. Um, it's been you know, it's been really for me, uh, you know, really blessing you know um because i was such a music freak and to be working in this industry and to, to really meet some heroes and some some people that you really um become attached to and and you know i made some some really good 
good people but on the other hand you always sometimes you don't want to get too close to the artists you really respect so there was some some bands where you know i was a huge fan beforehand and when i met them and worked with them i was like oh gee (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's kind of you know i mean like dream theater you know I, i remember i was such a big dream theater fan and and then I, I got to work with them on the Falling into Infinity tour. And I don't know, Mike Portnoy was in a really bad place. He probably would, would testify that himself at that time. And, and I think he was extremely unhappy with the record company in the States. And obviously you're like the scapegoat when you're because you're a record company guy. And he was really rude. And but, you know. That's that's that, but I still love the band. But I kind of cooled off, so, so I did that, and and um, you know, but all, all all kinds of music, you know, you you gotta get thrown into everything, uh, you know. It was pop, it was, could be ACDC, could be hip hop, could be all kinds of stuff. And ACDC was really, I have to say, one of the best experience in terms of artists and and being humble, but also being extremely professional. I think that. That was a really cool experience, you know, and I think there's a reason why they're still there, um, you know, in whatever shape and form. But um, there's a reason why why they're so huge. Heck you know? yeah! Now, which which ACDC album were you working? I think I did the the one with Thunderstruck. Um, which one was that? So yeah. That yeah, that's a good album. It's a great album, and they were really. I mean, they're so tiny. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's just like. <laughs> Um, you think you, th- so you think yeah you, you think you like they're like the hobbits you know <laughs> I mean it's just like you, you you kind of you're scared to if you if you step on them you know they might have crack I mean it's just like but great I mean one of the nicest people best life band I've I've seen really um or one of the best life bands it's it's great that's awesome hell yeah. Well, so we want to get into the, some music here. So you you picked ten songs, and uh, some of these are familiar to us, but a lot of them aren't. So uh, right. So I'll but just uh, the whole concept with the radio sucks. Radio shows to play stuff you're just not going to hear on the radio. And looking at this list, yeah. you're not going to hear any, not one of these songs on the radio ever anywhere in the world. I don't think. Uh, probably not. So uh, look- and the great thing about this is radio sucks in Germany. Um, it's always sucked because they never played any rock music anyway so i had like a carte blanche you know because it's just <laughs> radio is so ridiculous over here and, and it's just yeah so there's there's so. not even rock stations at all in germany mm, there are a few but you know they play deep purple that's Zeppelin. um you know it's like acdc but 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 not really you know, not like really discovering where you switch on the rock station or some kind of radio and you feel like, wow, who's that? That's great. I mean, I I, I, I have to be honest. I've discovered most of the rock stuff um, over the past years from podcast, yeah. you know. And it's, well, good. We're doing our jobs then. Yeah. Absolutely. And tell us about Pharmacos. Well, it's, you know, it's one thing, um, Joe Holmes... I know you guys played the Lizzie Borden, I think, uh, Me Against the World, and I love that band and I love that record. I think they were kind of um, really interesting and and, and I re- he played guitar on that record and um, I, I love that. And then I, 
um, you know, he popped up on David Lee Roth, um, a little ain't enough, um, album because Jason Becker was diagnosed with his, um, what's it called? ALS, yeah. I think. Um, so, and then actually I think it, Eddie Trunk played it in, in one of his podcasts and, and I was like, whoa. What's that? It's like Soundgarden um, on steroids with, with you know, I mean, his guitar playing is just insane. And the singer is great. I mean, there's a lot of Soundgarden in it, a lot of, I think, Led Zeppelin. And um, I just love the guy. I love the guitar playing. The, the, the band is excellent. I hope they're going to record a new new album soon. This one is from 2014. And it's I think he's self funded it and, and released it independently and I think it's just an amazing rock record. Not too late. 
That's a band that I've had a lot of people try to turn me on to. I, I need to just give in and, and really dig into their stuff. Yeah. Joe Holmes, uh, I, I do remember um, from being Ozzy's guitar player. Right. And it's ironic because just last week I was watching uh, YouTube videos of when he was in Ozzy's live band. And it was like one rendition of uh, Bark at the Moon was just incredible. I mean, I, I, yeah. I hate that he only got a cup of coffee with Ozzy. He should have been able to, you know, be in that band a lot. I would. No disrespect to Gus G because I kind of dig Firewind, but I'd much rather listen to Joe Holmes play yeah. guitar for Ozzy than than Gus G. Right, and it's like Henning said that that Lizzie Borden stuff. It was amazing with him playing on it. You know, yeah, definitely. I know. Yeah, that's a good good way to st- start off the show. So, what do you got next? Um, why don't we follow it up with Mr. Kip Winger? Um, I think that's a song from. Um, his latest solo album, From the Moon to the Sun. I have to say, um, you know, I saw them live a couple of years ago, and I think he's very like, like Janie Lane as a songwriter and a singer. He's obviously, you guys talked about it numerous times, and I think it's common knowledge now that that, that band and him um, have been, you know, really underrated. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that they're still going and they're still releasing records and they're still touring. And I'm extremely happy that Paul Taylor, obviously, is, is at the Expo, so can, I can kind of chain myself to him mm-hmm. the entire day and ask him about Steve Perry. Um, so we're going to be best friends. Um, I, I just love... He did three solo albums, which were totally under the radar. I think um, he did one in 1997. This conversation seems like a dream. And then one after his wife died from, I think, cancer in 2000. Um, Songs from the Ocean. It's really, I just like him. I I love the way he composes. I I always like Winger. um, And and I, I, I just like like the guy i think he's hugely talented um i'm happy that his classic stuff is is finally getting him some some kind of respect and recognition and i i, I think the band is amazing winger and, and this is a great album it's diverse there's a lot of stuff happening you know it's like peter gabriel meets beatles meets led zeppelin meets meets really heavy stuff and i, I just like the guy from the sun ain't no water in the sea ain't no skin on my feet walking through the ice feeling burning me ain't no soul in the priest ain't no mark on the beast ain't no second coming best to close your eyes and keep on running ain't no evil in the killer 
Then you know, like you said, that the, his solo stuff has flown under the radar, kind yeah. of, and I liken it a little bit to to Mick Jagger's solo stuff. If you're a Stones fan, because it's like if you like the band, why aren't you listening to the solo stuff? Because some of the solo stuff's even better than some of the band's more recent output, at least, especially with Mick Jagger. Yeah. I'll take Mick Jagger's last two solo albums over the latest Stone stuff. Well, and you can kind of say the same thing about Kiss, even you know, with the different side things going on yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, man, that's cool. I think maybe it's one of those things. I know for me. It seemed like for a while there when guys like Kick Winger or Jack Russell or Janie Lane would come out with a solo album, mm-hmm. it'd be some kind of Michael Bolton thing. Right. You know, where they're just doing, oh, this is me me doing all our love songs, you know, these love songs that I've written. Yeah. And so it makes you say, oh, man, when one of these guys comes out with those that solo album, it's going to be all for the ladies. Right. But, man, that song right there is pretty heavy and awesome. I'm going to check out some more Kip Winger solo stuff. And I'm 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 looking to try to get Kip to come to the expo also. At the, because he lives in Nashville, he right? He does, yeah. yeah. And we've been wanting to get him on the show for a while. But uh, I, I'm going to tell Paul Taylor that he's going to be assigned a uh, – an assistant for the day, and he, the assistant's from Germany. Yeah, he's gonna hate. He's gonna hate my guts by the end of the night. I mean, he's just like, get that German guy off me. He's That's so right. creepy. We're gonna tell him, hey Paul, we hired you a German translator for right. the day, just in case. Exactly. Just in exactly. case you have any German fans show up here today, and so you can communicate with them. Right. Just, just okay, I can be your exchange student. Maybe you know. I just... All right, now we are getting a little creepy. I think. <laughs> Oh, oh awesome. But no, that- no, he's great. He's great. And, and you know, I love, I just like the, I mean, like you guys did with Doggy Dog and, and Jamie Lane, I think what he's done on that record in terms of songwriting and, and obviously the production from Michael and, and the, but the songs, I mean, it's just, I remember listening to that um, with my friend and we were just like, what the hell is that album? Because nobody, you know, it was Cherry Pie, obviously that was a little bit popular over here and then that record came out and it was just like, holy crap. How was how was that album received when it came out in Germany? I know here in the States it was kind of like, you know, music scene had kind of changed and it didn't get its due. Was it was it still a top album over there? Yeah, I think I think, you know, because we didn't have that whole Sunset Strip, you know, because we didn't have the Sunset Strip, you know, I mean, obviously, a lot of people kind of bought into that lifestyle and kind of, um, you know, wanted to be um, Sunset Strip, but it's kind of silly if you're in Hamburg, and it's, you know, um, 30 degrees Fahrenheit, and people are just running around like they're on the LA and it's sunshine. It's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's a little bit awkward. So I think the the doggy dog record and Warren, uh, as a such, I think it was much more, um, uh, well, popular over here because it's much more, you know, a sound which which a lot of Europeans or especially Germans can relate to more than maybe cherry pie. Yeah. 
and and I know that a lot of musicians who were totally you know obviously underestimated what he can do or the band can do really said well okay I gotta take my hat off to this this band this is just amazing songwriting and the production and and you know everything that Michael produced um, got more recognition over here because he's from Germany so so you know there's always a little bit of pride sure um you know when he did the Dalton record and he did all those records and it's always Michael Wagner and and you're like oh yeah you know local hero treasure this is I mean how long has been has he been living in Nashville oh god mid 90s I think is yeah long time he was the first guy (laughs) right yeah Yeah. everybody else followed him we owe a debt of gratitude move, to that didn't man. Didn't he move because he couldn't stand L.A. Yeah, anymore right. or something like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he pretty much hated living in L.A. and decided to come out here. Right. That's great. So uh, your so your next pick is a, is a band name that I do recognize from back in the day. Can you tell us a little bit about Soraya? Yeah, Soraya is, 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 is a band which I think was formed in 89, so it was kind of at the little bit of the tail end. They had one record out. Um, you know, the singer's called Sandy Soraya. So um, I think they, they tried to kind of form her into, you know, female Bon Jovi. The first record is great. Um, and, and But but I really, the, the second one is like like this hidden jam. And it's 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 such an amazing record. And, and it's been, I, I think it's been totally lost. Um, like so many records, I think it was released in, in 91, which kind of explains why, why nobody was, was paying any attention to it. Um, you know, it's a it's great record, great production by Peter Collins, who did, you know, Queensryche and Rush and, and all that. And, and it's, um, you know, it's just a great record. And the guy, Tony Bruno, who's the guitar player, um, I think he was really special his his way of playing the way of arranging and and he's now <laughs> he's now the musical director for Enrique Iglesias so I don't know what what kind of drugs he's taking to to, <laughs> to, survive, to survive that right. um, but um I'm sure it's a good paycheck but he's great and I love the band and I think they broke up after after that because nobody paid any attention to it um, uh, but it's it's really worth checking out. It's 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 a really good record.
It's it's interesting to see, like you say, with the first album was kind of like going for the Bon Jovi thing, but this song seems like way different, and I wonder if that's got a lot to do with the production, being that it was done by more of a progressive rock producer to give it more of a serious sound. Yeah, I think so. I think so, and I, you know, I think that's it's always, you know, you know, I worked as at a label, and you 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 know sometimes you labels tend to kind of push artists in a certain um, genre or a certain, you know, um, box so they can, they know how to market it. And, and then, and it's really, it's really not fair, but sometimes you, you, you know, you, that's the only way you can, you can speak to your media people and, and, and to kind of promote that record. But I think they were far away from being, anything near Bon Jovi. I mean, it was the same label, so I kind of like probably kind of thought, well, we're just going to copycat, but, but it didn't work out, and it's a shame. 
Yeah, that makes sense. The way you say it, you know, we see it here with like bands like Enough's Enough, where you take a band and it may not necessarily be what you want it to be, but you know it's good, so you're going to sign it and you're going to say, okay, now we're going to make you this. Yeah, you know, I love that band. It I is. mean, that actually, that band was really popular over here. I know a lot of people loved Enough's Enough. I I thought that was such an amazing band. Yeah, definitely underrated for sure. So uh, what? So what? What's your next choice? Um, next choice would be Army of Anyone. Now that's that's kind of um, I can't, I don't know how I stumbled about across that. I think it was just you know I I used to kind of spend all my pocket money on digging through records and and you know and sometimes I just bought stuff because I, I love the the cover. And, and that's what I did with the White Snake record, 80, um, 1987, because I didn't like White Snake, but I, I was just kind of digging through that, and then I saw the cover, and I thought that's cool. So and then it kind of blew my head off, you know, when I put it on. So Army of Anyway, I think I just discovered, and it's it's a project by the Filter um, guy, Richard Patrick. Then it's um, you know the Stone Temple Pilots guys. Um, yeah. And then, you know, obviously it's Ray Luzier from Korn, who's now with, you know, KXM, Kicks KXM, that's what called. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome drummer. And the, the, record, the record is produced by Bob Ezrin, which obviously you guys are more than familiar with. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think it's, it's, it's a great record. You know, it's, it's it, again, it got totally lost. And, but I, um, you know, I really like like the the entire record. It's really strong, and but I, I it kind of got lost in the, the shuffle. Um, I think it was on the label from Live Nation. So, but it was a great record. I really liked it, and it's um, so and the production is great. I mean, Bob is just amazing what he does, and really enjoy that one.
second song I've heard by them. I need to hear the whole record because I I remember the radio single and then the, this one. Yeah. Um, I got the album. It's it's you? good. Yeah, it's really good. I remember at the time thinking, you know, this is like a super group of all these artists that have made names for themselves in these other bands that are really popular or recently have been really popular. Filter, Stone Temple Pilots, you know, just specifically the, the guys from the STP. And the song comes out, and I think the song's really good, the one they're playing on radio. And so I get the album, I check it out, it's great. I didn't even realize at the time it was produced by Bob Ezrin. Me neither. And I'm thinking this is going to be freaking huge. And nothing. Yeah, it just it didn't really make a didn't make a mark like I expected. It's weird. But I remember. Like, I don't. I don't understand. It's just. It's that that's always. Uh, so after all these years, I don't understand how you sign a band, spend shitload of money on a record, and you just, you know, let it die <laughs> on the day of release. I mean, it's just. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so much money burned. Um, I I don't get it. You know. I don't get it. So did, did this one not get the push you thought it should have gotten? Oh, totally. I mean, I thought that that would have been, you know, great, great record. And again, you know, you see it through European eyes and you, you kind of feel, well, they should really come over here and, and, and you know, play live. But that was, you know, obviously that's totally out of the question. And so, yeah. I, I thought it was really a shame that they didn't didn't really go anywhere after that. Yeah, because they barely played live in the states, let alone in Germany. Mm-hmm. Was it played on radio? A little bit, mm-hmm. just All for right. a minute. Next choice, uh, choice, sorry, um, is is Feeder. Um, that's a band from the UK. Um, that song is from one of their, um, I think it's the third album. Uh, from 2002, Comfort and Sound. I always liked that band. I think um, I think they were really they were popular in the UK, and I lived in London for three years, so I really got exposed to them. Um, I think nothing else happened um, beyond the UK. They were to me they had like a two three album streak where where they you know kind of went into that almost Foo Fighters power rock pop um and the guy looks great he sings great um i think um you know more people should check him out it's they have some really good records and and i love the the comfort and sound record and and but i'm i'm i don't think did you ever hear from them never have never heard of feeder we fall right in and suffer the sins try to pull things round when the air starts to thin we must regret restricted in our own belief a new disease we shake new hands the victims of fate we tread new ground misfortune conveys you tear yourself apart Wishing to be born again A different man Comfort in sound It's all around He's 
Going to take a quick break from our episode with Henning, Radio Sucks Radio Show, Volume 30, and a lot of cool stuff on the way, a lot of cool stuff already played. Real quick, I just want to mention there's more cool stuff coming your way this week over at HK Collectibles, Inc., including a tabletop arcade version of Centipede. You guys remember those, those tabletop arcade games? You put them up on your bookshelf. Usually grandparents would have them there to keep you busy instead of getting bored. Uh, remember those from the 80s? That'd be cool to have. Uh, also, a smooth print ad for Colt 45 from 1965 with the slogan, If they don't have it where you live, move. That'd be cool. Colt 45, good old Billy D. Williams. On top of that, don't forget tons of collectible concert tickets to some of your favorite hard rock bands, as always, over at HK Collectibles, Inc. Just head over to decibelgeek.com, click on that HK Collectibles, Inc. banner, and do your shopping. Simple as that. And uh, while you're over at decibelgeek.com, we have that Amazon banner, and you guys are just killing it on shopping through our Amazon banner. I mean, we, we, I think we sold upwards of $600 worth of uh, music for Amazon uh, just in two weeks' time, because I'm, I'm playing catch-up on, on music. Next week, I'll be playing catch-up on Geeks of the Week. 
uh, this way catch up on Amazon purchases. Some of the more interesting Amazon purchases, because we get this cool list. When you buy something on Amazon, they send us a list of what you bought, and uh, it, you guys have good taste in a lot of stuff. So let's get over some of the notable purchases on Amazon this week. Uh, Sony Extra Bass Bluetooth headphones were bought. Those are cool. Memorex Slim Video Storage Cases. Nip guards, 10 pair. Somebody's on uh, either, it must be a marathon runner or they just like covering up their nipples, I guess. I don't know. Uh, maybe that was you, Rockin' Donkey, trying to th throw us off again. Make another donation to the Rockin' Pot Expo. Uh, all, in, all one perfect seven intestinal cleaner. Okay. Uh, two keyboards were bought, a Logitech and a Microsoft. That's cool. Uh, Benchtop thickness planer with granite table. I don't know what that is, but it sounds very macho. Uh, an Otter, OtterBox Defender Series case for an iPhone 7 was bought. You gotta protect your phone so you can listen to Decibel Geek. Uh, in books, Kiss 1977 to 1980 by Lynn Goldsmith was purchased. I've heard about this. Lynn Goldsmith is a famous rock photographer and she shot some of the more iconic photos of Kiss back in the late 70s and uh, I'm seriously considering buying that book. She might be a good guest for Kissmas in July maybe. I have to think about that. Uh, also, Forks Over Knives, the cookbook. Uh, that's a good documentary. It'll definitely make you want to stop eating everything that you like. Uh, also on DVD, Logan on Blu-ray was purchased. Still haven't seen that. Not into the superhero stuff, but if you are, and I, I appreciate it, and I thank you for shopping through our link. Roger Waters' The Wall, live in Berlin, was purchased on DVD. All right, let's get into music, because there was a shit ton of music purchased this week. Uh, digital music, Ted Nugent's Cat Scratch Fever. I wonder if he's going get to get selected to run the FBI. Also about Live Sex and Death, The Silent Majority. I know we've played stuff off of that album before. I'd love to do an Albums Unleashed on that, uh, that album. Just got to get somebody on the show from that band. Black Sabbath Technical Ecstasy Remastered, their best album in my opinion. Go ahead and get hate me all you like. I love that album. Dixie Dregs, Free Fall was bought. House of Pain, self-titled. Jump Around. Everlast, Whitey Ford Sings the Blues. Somebody's really into Everlast. Uh, Kiss Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits was bought. Tesla, Reel to Reel 2. Saw them on that tour. Great band. David Lee Roth, Crazy from the Heat was purchased. You gotta have that. Fraley's Comet, Live Plus One was bought. Very underrated Ace Fraley song from the uh, 80s, in my opinion, is the studio track on that. It's called Words Are Not Enough. It's, it's dated sounding, but it's a fun song. Cinderella Night Songs was purchased. That's a must. You gotta have that in your collection. Uh, two Iron Maiden must-haves are also bought this week. Iron Maiden, Children of the Damned, and Number of the Beast. And yes, the Yes album was purchased, so somebody's back to buying Yes stuff again. All right, and that was just all what was bought on CD. So let's get into the vinyl. I cannot believe how much vinyl is selling through our link now. Maybe this has something to do with Record Store Day. I'm probably probably right on that. But either way, it's appreciated. Roger's Water, Roger Waters, uh, Is This the Life We Really Want on vinyl, and The Wall Live in Berlin 90 was bought on vinyl. I shouldn't have to, everything from here on out is on vinyl. Anathema, The Optimist, was bought. The Beatles, Revolver and Mono, that's 180 gram. All, uh, now a band called All with an album called Pummel. And I, this is one that, that moved me to actually check it out on, on the net just because I had never heard of All. And they were like kind of basically like a hardcore punk rock band from the 90s. And I actually liked what I heard. I'm going to have to check more of that out. Dream Theater, Metropolis Part 2, Scenes from a Memory was bought. And uh, I think we have to give props to the Rock and Metal Combat podcast on that because they recently reviewed that with one of their donors for the Rock and the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo, a guy named Max Power, uh, who brought that. And, uh, well, let's just say Ralph was a little more forg forgiving on that album than Ian was, but I don't think either of them are huge fans of it. But interesting, got me to go back and listen to it. I like some Dream Theater in small doses. Striper, Soldiers Under Command, and In God We Trust was both purchased. Those are great albums. 
The Damned, Grace, uh, Grave Disorder and Music for Pleasure were bought. I've heard Grave Disorder. I don't think I've ever heard Music for Pleasure. I only have a couple of damn CDs. Uh, Helmet, Meantime was bought. That's a great album. Nirvana, Nevermind. I can't believe no one already has that in their collection at this point. Uh, Incubus 8 was bought. Haven't heard that yet. Scorpions, Animal Magnetism and Savage Amusement, both the 50th anniversary vinyl editions were bought. Uh, Rage Against the Machine, the self-titled debut was bought. U2, 18 singles, I promise I'm almost done, was bought. Coheed and Cambria, The Color Before the Sun, Face to Face, Big Choice was bought. And Ramones Mania, Best of the Ramones was bought. Oh, and a few more things, oh, a few more CDs. Crazy Licks, Rough Justice, Triumph Classics, and Glorious's first album, self-titled. Their new album comes out this week. It has grown on me, for those of you that were wondering. Warrant Dog Eat Dog, and finishing it out, Zach Brown Band, who actually, I met him at a wedding a few weeks ago. I know that's random, but it's Nashville. So yeah, those are the things that were purchased, and uh, thank you so much. Just go to the decibelgeek.com website, click on that Amazon banner, right-click and open in a new tab if it, if it has the, if you have pop-up blocker, and do your shopping. Help us out. Uh, keep buying music, you guys. You guys are awesome. Now, back to the show. Stuff and, and you know, so what was your first first um, concert you all went to? You remember? First concert, uh, Kiss Hot in the Shade tour, nineteen ninety. Wow. Yeah, okay. I guess when I was young, I seen the Violent Femmes, but then my first real concert was Kiss on the Revenge tour in Madison, Wisconsin. Wow. All right, you're a Violent Femmes. Fan, yeah, right? oh yeah, because I grew up in Wisconsin. They're from Wisconsin. They were huge in Germany. They yeah. were absolutely humongous. I bet in Germany. I bet they were. Wisconsin's a lot like Germany. <laughs> <laughs> it's the second largest world's population of Germans besides Germany. Is it? I'm sure. It? <laughs> I'm guessing. It's I'm guessing. The second largest Polish population. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, that's right. Well, yeah, there would be there would be violent fans. I think I had two, three people in my class in high school who just were total violent fans freaks. Wow. I mean, it's just, yeah. That's so in you know in my and just to kind of give you a little bit, you know, in my high school there were two camps. One was Kiss and the other one Beatles. Wow. Now I was with the uncool camp. I was with the Beatles. And um, and my best friend at that time, he was a huge Kiss fan, and then he kind of switched to Motley Crue, and and he, you know, he got all the stuff, all the solo records, and and he was a total Kiss freak. And I just got into Kiss, I think it was uh, 1987 with the Crazy Crazy Nights record. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Because I was a, I was an exchange student in Indiana, and um, I just bought that album. And I think there was I think Reason to Live was on the radio, and and I kind of I felt wow okay that's different you know and and I mean I like Kiss I mean you know I always this is such a you know it's such a huge part of your guys music DNA then and obviously they didn't come over to Germany that much and and. Um, but you know, I, I knew all the the records because my friend had all the records, and and I you know I really liked them. But that one with Ron Nevison, because I was like like I think like you, Chris, I was a totally power 
ballad, <laughs> mid-tempo, freak. And, and I really, I really thought it was, you know, a really good record. Um, so and then I, I, you know, kind of went backwards. Kiss. That's what, yeah, we, we we followed the same path with them, but uh, so uh, that was uh, feeder was the last one. What what do you what do you have next? Um, I got um a little bit obscure Australian band called called Carnival. I think that's how they called. Um, you know, I'm just my German accent. Maybe the the pronunciation is terribly wrong. So how's forgive it, me. How's it spelled? Um, and they have an album out called um, Asymmetry. Um, it's from 2013, and it's it's a great band. I just you know there are a lot of new um, bands from Australia and also from from Sweden and Scandinavia mm-hmm. and and from France as well, and which are kind of I don't really know how to pinpoint them. You know, there's a little bit progressive, a little bit alternative, a little bit, um, you know, straight up heavy metal. It's all a mixture. Um, but but it's it's I I really like some of those bands. I think they're really good in pushing the boundaries and and moving forward. And this is one of them. And and uh, I think that's that's my favorite track. Um, and it's produced by the engineer who's working with Brandon O'Brien, who's, you know, obviously one of my favorite producers. Um, and it's a great record, and, and it's definitely worth checking out if you, if you want to, you know, kind of listen to something different. Just keeps 
Australia rock episode yeah and uh, we need to do another volume of that because we had oh so, we can we had so many we have a lot of Australian listeners actually and we had a lot of them you know go well, these were good but you need to play this band and this right band and this yeah because like, yes, we're, we're all the way over here and we're just you know picking you know picking p- bands out to, to play but they're there and they know There's you know a lot of great bands out this there. is another good one worth checking out how do you spell the name of this band k-a-r-n-i-v-o-o-l all right, because I knew it was weird, so I wanted to clear that up for anybody wanting to check it out. <laughs> do Do you guys get any? I mean, I know you guys, you know, spoke about Eclipse and and some do. How much, you know, European or Australian or whatever bands do you get over there? Do they tour or do they are they played on radio? You just have to dig. No, they're definitely not dig for them. They're definitely not on radio. But no. um, I know Eclipse. Hasn't done a tour, but they did play at Rock and Skull last year in Illinois, which I'm still jealous of all the Decibel Geek writers that got yeah. to see that because they're they're in my top five of favorite bands that are currently still active right, right. now. Yeah, right, yeah, they're really good. They're they're an amazing band, but not you the, know. And there's other great bands too, like the Black Spiders, and you yeah. know, it's countless bands that we've played on Decibel Geek. No, you're never going to hear any of them on the radio know, here. That's for sure. Uh, and hardcore, and hardcore superstar did a, the, like some of these bands will come and they'll do a handful of dates on the co- each coast, and that's yeah. a, that's, a, right. that's about the right. Nashville certainly never gets any of these bands. It's not right. We're Music City, damn it. European bands. I'm talking to you. <laughs> We're Music City, damn it. You got to at least make a run into Nashville. So it's it's just a money thing. I think then totally. you know I, it's it's always such a such a tough thing to to kind of set that up and. You know, and vice versa, obviously, for American bands to come to Europe. Um, but, you know, so I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame that, you know, there's not a real exchange of, of talents, you know. and Yeah. Yeah, right. The European bands play in Europe and the American bands play in Europe. Yeah, because, like, uh, are you familiar with Dan Baird or the Georgia Satellites? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Dan Baird, you know, him and Warner Hodges live here, and they were both – and then Warner's from Jason and the Scorchers. But, you know, those bands, they're great bands, but, like, they don't – they only do a handful of U.S. shows a year, and most of the year they spend over in Europe touring Europe because they do really well over there. Right. People actually go to clubs and see bands – on the regular in, in Europe, but America, it's just a much harder sell because everyone's so distracted with so many different things. But mm. I, the, I will say for live music, I, and I'm not putting down America because I love America, but Europe, they, they're not as flighty as most Americans. Are. Right. You know, it's like if, if I love in Europe, if I love this 25 years ago, I'm going to love it now. And I'm still going to support. Yeah. We're very loyal and we're, and we're starved, you know, I mean, we're really hungry because we didn't, you know, all these, People like in my age group, um, uh, and you're, you guys, you know, we, you know, there was, 
you know, those those guys didn't tour over here because they couldn't get, you know, they wouldn't make any money or they would much make much more money touring in the States. But, you know, and now, you know, because Europe is such a, or especially Germany, but Europe as a such a very stable touring um, market, you know, obviously everybody is, is finally getting to see their heroes. So, you know, it's ridiculous. I mean, we, I think we, you know, like Joe Cocker and Tina Turner and, and all these old, you know, middle of the road, they're still touring here and they're surviving just by touring. Well, Joe Cocker obviously isn't anymore, but, you know, he, you know, I think they've done really well here because they people are so loyal over here, you know, so loyal because they've never been exposed to, to that many bands that they used to love and and um and we still you know germans love to buy cds i think we're one of the few maybe with japan who still love you know physical product and and buy cds and vinyl is really getting huge over here is is it the same over in nashville yeah. on the state well, Nash- I mean, Nashville collectors i wouldn't i wouldn't say huge, huge but, but, but you it's, know it's it's trending upward like yeah it's, it's a collector's niche thing nashville has in particular in the area like five or six different record stores yeah you know, yeah they're great yeah yeah, yeah there's all the records are a big deal of course a lot of hipsters live here so that, right so everybody's buying taylor swift albums yeah well there's also um and the, the newest thing that's kind of the craze among the hipsters, which really surprises me, is cassette tapes are now back in style. Yeah, yeah. People, really? Yeah. There's wow. Like, like, people are buying cassette tapes up like it's like you know it's a new thing or something. And um, but yeah, I've and I've st- I still have some at my house, but um, I wish I kept them. I used to have like probably five hundred of them. Yeah. But, um, that was. I don't remember those. I re- they were like this big big package right the, the the cassette was at the bottom and then was like a huge sometimes it was like a huge um i don't know stuff around them and it's it was great yeah over here you know i think in the uk vinyl sales um overtook digital downloads oh, wow. last year in december and a lot of people you know huge record um sections but I just read an article that some people don't even listen to them. They just put them on the wall to look cool. So I don't get that, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like cool. wallpaper. It was like a, it's phony. I don't know. Yeah, hipster. It's cool looking, but dang, pull, make it so you can pull them on and listen well, to them too. I don't know the band, but I love the cover. No, um, if I did, I would, I would, I'm going to hang some on the wall at my house, but I certainly will listen. I would to love it. to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's still, and I wouldn't put something still, on the wall that I've never listened to. No, <laughs> no. Just because it looks great. Yeah. Well, if, I don't know that Uriah Heap a Bob Magog album. <laughs> that might have to go up. Oh, I, oh, I love that album. Yeah. When did you guys? Oh, you guys played that song. I remember that song. That took me back. I used to have that song and that album just because of the cover. Yeah. Because I was so freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> Nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, that was a that was a. All oh, right. Yeah, it was cover, great. That's a cover that'll scare your parents. Uh huh. <laughs> So what's your uh, what's your next pick? Yeah, next pick is is a project again. Um, hopefully, that will have a second album coming out. It's called TN. It's it's basically what it is: is seventy five percent of Darton with um, 
different singers. Uh, Sebastian Bach is, is on there, and and you know obviously one of my favorite singers, um, Doug Pinnock from from King's X, who's totally destroying um, the song Tooth and Nail. <laughs> Um, Unlocking Key was one of my 
pivotal records when I was a kid because again I you know I remember my my friend and I we were just picking up records and we did didn't have a clue about Darken and then, you know, we put on the record and Michael, obviously the production and everything and totally blew us away. Um, and I saw them with Accept in, I think, 85. They were supporting Accept. I think Accept did the Metal Heart, was that? Or the, the Russian Roulette, I don't know. And and George Lynch was, was spent his, his entire... Um, stage time with a back to the to the people so kind of unfortunate wow. um, oh he was doing the eddie van halen thing not letting he was a totally totally doing an eddie van halen but i i don't i didn't understand it because because i mean he's been on the scene for so long and everybody knew and i i don't know i mean they didn't seem like a happy happy <laughs> bunch of people but Probably. still love the band Even still love Huh? Just it's just astounding that, the, that it seems like since day one that band has been dysfunctional. Again, you know, was a under lock and key that was really popular over here again because Michael um, produced it, and I think Don had some kind of history in Hamburg, and 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 they actually toured here a little bit more than than other bands, and I just love the, I just always liked them. Um, they kind of lost me after. Back for the attack um, and and the live album, but but I just love the track. I love what they've done with it. Um, Jeff Pilsen, Mick Brown, and, and George Lynch, and hopefully there's a there's a second album coming. And I really like like this this version of Tooth and Nail. Yeah, I dug that one too. When it Badass. Came out. I was, oh, it's cool. I'm hoping for a volume two certainly as well. It's really cool, man. Talking about docking, you know, because you got to figure. Of course, Dawkins going to be playing in Germany a little bit more than most of the other bands because Don Dawkins got that history in Germany there. And, and talking to you, what really makes me smile and what really warms my heart is that as how much as we love Michael Wagner here in the United States, it's really nice to hear how revered and what a national treasure he really is in Germany, man. That makes me feel good. I love it. I think, I think Germans are really... Um, uh, I don't know. I would, you would have to take Michael's um, uh, feedback on that. Um, but Germans are not really good of of of, of um, taking care of their um, heroes or, or, or cultural treasures. You know, be it bands, be it be it performers, be it people like Hans Zimmer. You know, um, I, I'm sure that Michael maybe felt the same way. But I know that the people I um, I've been in touch with and the scene I was in when I was in the eighties and everybody was, was super, super proud of, of, of Michael and all and, and the work he's done and, and the production and, you know, but, but I'm sure that, um, you know, he's, the public is never that, um, you know, supportive sometimes with, with your local heroes, which is a shame, but it's a German trade. Yeah. Know? I, I agree. That's pretty awesome. I love it. So I was just curious too, in like we were talking about this earlier with the Sunset Strip and how Germany just really didn't have one, so the scene wasn't there. When the the, the rise of grunge came and the whole kind of scene changed here in the United States, how did that f affect Germany? Did, was it exactly the same, or was there really not much of a difference? Um, I think that the 
effects were not as tremendous as it was for you guys. I think, um, I think the, you know, we have a very mixed, um, you know, they're not really communities or, or like really groups of people. I think back in those days, you were, you know, basically you kind of listened a little bit to everything and the, because we didn't have this hair metal or whatever you would call it or strip sound, which was so huge for you guys. Um, you know, we, we, we didn't know what was going on. You know, it wasn't like, um, like today you would see, you know, what's happening on the strip and, 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 you know, there was no, obviously no biographies, no movies coming out. So you had your magazines, you know, and those guys who kind of spoke about it. Um, but we were like kind of in our own bubble. So the, the, the rise of grunge didn't hit us as hard, um, as you guys, we were just threw in Alice in Chains, um, but we were still listening to, you know, I was still, and I know my friends as well, we were still listening to, to the 80s band, but we were also listening to, oh, we like Alice in Chains, yeah, great, you know, and we like the first Soundgarden record, yeah, you know, and obviously with MTV, um, that was a big thing, but you have to remember our MTV was, except Hatbangers Ball, it was, it was, um, it was coming from the UK. Yeah. So you didn't have any, I, I, I remember if my friend kind of set a tape recorder just because there was one show like around midnight where you could watch, you know, all the new hard rock videos from, from the States. And, but other than that, you know, you were in the eighties, you were, you know, Duran Duran, um, the, you know, the whole new wave stuff from the UK um, and there was no warrant maybe Bon Jovi yes but um, so we didn't really see that see that as as a problem you know and then Metallica um, you know and and Guns N' Roses obviously um, those were you know extremely popular obviously over here but um, it didn't it didn't really have that much of a effect on us as, as on you guys hmm. always interested in hearing you know how different perspectives are for different parts of the world for that right how was it for you i mean did you when when grunge did you reject it or or did you kind of see it as a different flavor i know for coming me personally in, it was i didn't see much of a difference in it to me it was always just it's all rock you know as long as it's got the right. electric guitar in it, it's all rock to me and but then it was like other people were making the difference. Yeah, like yeah. you can't like Pearl Jam and Poison at the same time, and you can't like Kiss. Which is totally so, bullshit. Right? It's totally bullshit. Yeah. It's all just music. But I was the same way. I mean, I, I was into it. I mean, I was in a band in high school, and we played grunge music. We tried to play Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains songs. We did it badly, but we tried. And but I, at the same time, I was playing those songs, and, I, and all of our songs, all our original stuff was real depressing, and, you know, trying to follow the whole trend. But then, I'm, at the same time, I'm wearing a leopard skin guitar strap, and I'm wearing <laughs> Motley Crue shirts, and, like, everyone in my band is, like, making fun of me. They're like, oh, God, why you got to wear that stupid stuff? And I'm like, because it's all just rock and roll. It doesn't matter. Right. I'm like, just, you know, right. quit being such a stuck-up dick, you know? It's like... 
being stuck up because you want me to look like a lumberjack. You know, it's like I, a, I don't have to wear flannel. It's not, you know, it's a, but it's like that's the thing that cracked me up is they make fun of all the '80s bands and stuff and like how they, you know, wore costumes and stuff. And it's like a, the Doc Martens and the flannel and the long shorts were just as much a costume as all the right. glam stuff was. Yeah. Totally, totally. I mean, it's it's just the same, and it, it, you know, it got totally sold out. You know that whole genre. Everybody moved from LA to Seattle, and 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 you know, and I don't. You know, we didn't we didn't see that because we didn't have a scene which moved. You know, obviously from one city to the other. For us, it was just we could see. You know, for us, we could see the difference. You know, and and because you know that turn for Germany was such a major time because the wall was coming down at the same time, but yeah. but. You know, everybody was listening to Scorpions' "Wind of Change." Yeah, you know, which you know, I'm 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 uh, I'm kind of fainting anytime I hear it because I just can't stand it anymore. And I'm I'm a huge Scorpions <laughs> fan, but you know that that whistling. I mean, I worked with Scorpions wow. later. I did an acoustic album with them in in Portugal, and um, and they're really great. You know, I have highest respect, and I loved. I loved Scorpions, but but that whistling and that song is just oh man. So but it's, anywhere um, else in the world you are, no matter how sick of that song you are, feel for the Germans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> they just played it ten minutes ago. <laughs> exactly. No, and it was, because that was the song for the. For the wall coming down, right? You know, and that was like everybody in Germany, and and you know, I, I it's it's like when you when you talked about you know I think you did it in 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 one of the episodes that the ballads always you know with Mr. Big and and all of the extreme you know you have those ballads being you know like the, the mainstream hit for those bands. I mean for the Scorpions the same. I mean I've, a lot of people knew the Scorpions obviously you know but. Still loving you, but but that one took took a life on its own, and and you know people were listening to Scorpions who I don't think they they listened to any other track. Well, my, you know, my own father was not a big hard rock fan, but he loved that song when it came yeah. out. He was like, I love that song, and and I, you know, and I liked it. It was like it was like cool. We can both like a Scorpion song, so that was nice. But but I agree, it got it got overplayed to the nth degree, right? And it went from being Winds of Change to Winds of Change the Channel. Exactly, and they got totally lost in the nineties. I think they did a German. Didn't they do a German album and and Klaus kind of took his head off, and they were kind of really trying to be really funny and and smart, but it totally backfired. Right. It's just yeah. Now, I saw them play in '98, I think, with Motley Crue, and they were opening for Motley Crue, and right. And Motley Crue did not do well following after them because they were just amazing live. Yeah. They're- they're great. Like, except they're great. Yeah. That's one life. Well, Henning, this is pretty dang awesome so far. You've been playing us some really awesome songs, some cool stuff we've never heard before. That TNN song is killer with Doug Pinnock singing it. We're having some great conversation about rock and roll between a couple of guys from different places in the world. And I just want to say, man, thanks for coming on and doing this with us. You're doing an awesome job. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. I was really looking forward to it. You know, I'm I'm really... Well, honored is, is well. I'm honored, and it's 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 really 
it's really great to 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 speak to you and and to speak to like-minded people and um you know i'm really really enjoying it it's great awesome. very cool so your uh your next pick is uh this is one of the most different things that we've ever played on the show so explain a little bit about leprous um it's a, it's a band from from norway um i think they're called leprous um a guy from there's a label in germany called inside out I, i'm not sure if you're familiar with them and there's a guy called thomas schreiber and he's, he's a really good guy and he they're signing a lot of cool bands and he um i met him i think at, at some some concert and and he said well you know and i said so well, what new bands do you have on your label who did you sign who are you excited about and i said well we, we got this band from norway who are totally strange but great and and he gave me the record and and it, it took me a while it really took me a while you know because it's it's kind of in between everywhere and but it's it's a headphone record and i and i spent a little, really some time with it um like back in the days where you sit down and you go through the lyrics and you you go through the the booklet and you kind of sink in it's 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 a great band they're from norway I think Scandinavia is is a is a is well of of talent. Um, I don't know what they're drinking over there, what they have in their water. I I have no idea why they come up with these great bands or songwriters, and and um, it's just amazing um, on so many different levels. We're gonna have another Swedish band later. Um, and I just, I just like them. I just, I just, uh, I think they're different. I think they're, they're definitely um, European. You can, you can tell. Um, and but I just like the, the whole album, um, how they arrange their songs and, and kind of the black and white. And it's different. And I, I, I kind of thought I threw it in there, um, and it's definitely worth checking out.
might be the deepest thing we've ever played on this show. It probably is. Makes you think. Makes you wonder. I don't know. We played Lord, <laughs> we played Lord Tracy recently. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit deeper. <laughs> well, it, you know, the thing is, what is deep? I think the, I think, you know, going back to Doggy Dog, I think Bitter Pill is it. Yeah. Deep, deep song. I mean, I, I don't think you can go any, you know, lyrically and, and production-wise and the arrangement. I mean, obviously, it's it's in a certain, um, you know, obviously in a certain genre, but, but I think that's an extremely deep track and deep-sounding record, right. you know. Yeah, dark, and, dark. Well, in April, right. April 2031, also another right. very dark, scary. dark subject matter, which makes starting to wonder if it might come true. But um, so, yeah. yeah, so your next pick is a band we're very familiar with on the show, a little bit about some uh, winery dogs. Yeah, I, I, I listened to the last episode with the uh, VIP. I think he played, what was his name? He played winery dogs Sunny as well. Pony. Right. Yeah, this is the second yeah. Radio Sucks radio show in a row featuring the winery dogs. I I um I really tr- tried with with the first record um, because it was so hyped and I'm a huge Billy Sheehan fan and and um you know Mike Portnoy obviously and and Richie Carlson I know from Poison and I think he was with Warney and and Mr Big and all that and and. I like power trios, so I really wanted to like it and get get into it. Um, I just didn't click. And then with the second one, um, I just love the song. I think it's a, it's a extremely well crafted um, rock song, modern, great playing, great singing. I, I love the chorus. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's great. I, I kind of read that they're on a hiatus. Um, so I don't know if that record did, did do as well as the first one. Um, so, but I, I, I really like him. I, I really like the band and um, the second record is definitely the one that put me in the fan category.
think the second album is much better than the yeah. first one. It's, and it's, there, I mean, there there's a lot of chops being displayed in the second one too, but they play more for the song on the second one, I think, than the first one. Exactly. They're kind of just exactly. all over the place, showing off on the first one. The second one's more of a of, of a band actual effort, you know. Mm. But talk about a bad cover. Oh, the oh for the new one. Ugh. Yeah, it's not that good. I mean, I don't like the name of it either. Hot Streak is a terrible name. For <laughs> yeah. It sounds like something my dad would have come up with. <laughs> it's just. I don't know. It's you know what it is? You know, that would be that would be like a that would probably be the name of a German hard rock band in the eighties. Yeah. Oh, we have to come up with we have to come up with a great name. Oh, let's call it Hot Street. Yes. And then you know, it's just like the hottest cover band in Deutschland. Ah, Jesus! Yeah, it's very dated sounding. When I when there were some ridiculous bad names flying around in Germany at that time. God, are you saying? Well, you got now. You have to give us a couple of them. I I don't. I forgot. I forgot. I'm traumatized. I mean, I was just like. <laughs> I mean, they. You know, they they really tried to copy. You know, obviously U.S. because they were so, but it just didn't. You know, that's the thing. You cannot copy style a lifestyle and a culture and and it's um you know i think that's the big mistake that um you know a lot of german bands i think bonfire did all right scorpions you know except um but but mainly the guys who stood around um like halloween um they kind of had their own thing going but but um i'm, I'm sure there was some kind of German band somewhere which is called Hot Street and <laughs> running around in, in spandex and tank top when it's snowing outside. You know, it's just like... awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this has been fun. All right, so you've got one more to play, but I wanna I wanna thank you for coming on and uh, and for being such such a generous donor not only to our show but to the upcoming Nashville Rock and Pod Expo, which you are yeah. going to actually come from Germany to attend, which just blows me away. That's awesome. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. And, yeah. yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. It's really, uh, it's the birthday present to myself. I was going to so, say, man, happy um, birthday. Yeah. No, I really, I really enjoy it. I'm really looking forward to meeting you all guys. And, and um, like I said, you know, I'm really my tip my head off for you, for you to doing this every week um besides your day job and family and all that and and you know i think it's it's i think it's amazing and and done such a great job and and really um you know the soundtrack for my travel days on on you know flights or or in the car or trains it's really it's really in, it's really great. Wow. Awesome, man. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. So, yeah, so if if you're on the fence about donating and or, and or coming to the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo, this guy's coming all the way from Europe to do it. So right. if he can do it and you live in Kentucky, you can do it. That's, right. That's the way I'm viewing it. And, of course, you guys know August 26th right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, with music. Music Valley Event Center. Chris, you got all the details, man. I know a little bit about this. You know thing. a little more than I do, I think. Maybe a little. It's great. I mean, I can just tell everybody, just you guys put so much 
hard work in it and and i i think it's gonna be great and and uh, i wish more people from europe would come over i think there's some some guys from from ireland coming in and be interesting yeah. but i'm so much looking forward to it yeah i didn't i did not expect it to be become a worldwide type event but it, it's turning into that it's which the, is pretty it's awesome. the international which is so great yeah you know it's amazing yeah it's, yeah it's it's gonna be a whirlwind of a couple of days there so i'm i'm excited to meet everybody including you and that's you, great you got one more pick to uh play us out today what do you got i got um opath which is a band from sweden um they've been around since 1990 they they kind of started as a dark metal band which is totally not my thing i need proper singing vocals um, and then I kind of they they changed their sound um, a couple years ago, and um, this one is I think they have twelve records out. This is from the eleventh one, which was released in two thousand fourteen. Um, the singer and the main guy is called Mika Ackerfell. They're from like I said from Sweden. Um, it's a great it's a great band. I mean it's it's really they're turning into this really old school, little bit like purple, you know, Black Sabbath, Sabbath, um, TH, um, and you know, it's really they're really putting in the the work, the road um, trips, you know, playing shows, and and uh, I think it's just a great band. I I don't know if they toured in the states. Um, they're definitely worth checking out. Um, They're actually and, coming here yeah. pretty soon. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think they got some pretty good notoriety here in the states. Yeah, they, there's a there's a good following here for sure. Yeah, I think the guy who managed them is, is I don't know who he manages. Does he manage Volbeat? I think so. Sounds like um. So, so they're getting there, and and it's a great great record. The new one is great as well, but this one, Pale Communion, is really. I would really recommend it. I think it's the strongest so far. Awesome, awesome, man. This has been great, man. Thanks for coming on the Radio Sucks Radio Show. Thanks, guys. You've done it upright. Hey, Henning, happy birthday, man. <laughs> Thank you. I'm still hungover. <laughs> and on that note, here's Opeth with Cusp of Eternity, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.